All right. Well, everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice that I have a fancy new mic here to my left. <laughs> that has been such a trip, man. Usually when I decide to start something or, or try something new, I'll kind of just go all in. And when I made the decision to start this extra video each week and to turn it into a podcast, I was like, cool, I'm going to buy a mic. And I ordered a mic and I'm actually going to turn this down just a tad. So I ordered a mic knowing absolutely nothing about podcasting mics or any sort of mics. So the mic came and I was super excited and I tried to plug it in and I didn't understand the connections at all. And <laughs> I ended up going to a Best Buy and being like, hey, what is this supposed to connect into? And they're like, oh, we don't have any of those things. You go to Guitar Center, went to Guitar Center, got this little thing, this little box thing that my sound goes through and then I couldn't understand how to use anything and I had to download all the software and then I had to call my buddy Dan because he's a podcaster and I'm like, how do I do anything I don't I don't understand? So like $250 later, I have this like, this like setup of everything in my van and all I wanted to do was just have a little bit cleaner audio. Anyway, good morning everybody. Right now I'm sitting at um, a shop in Phoenix um, I'm at AAA bus and you might hear some things going on right now. They're fixing a school bus that I'm parked next to and it's kind of a long story why, why I'm here so I won't get into that. But um, I do have a fun story to start off um, episode two of The Morning Nomad. I went to Mexico two days ago. Chris and I decided to spend the day down there. I needed some new glasses. And yeah, so we loaded up the car and went down to Mexico. We grabbed our passports, so we had a super fun time. Ate a bunch of tacos, I had a margarita, and we were in line for a very long time to get out of Mexico. And of course, you know, in your boredom, you start looking at stuff, and Chris grabbed my passport. And he's looking at it, and he turns to me, and he goes, your passport expired yesterday and I laughed and I was like there's no way sure enough I thought he was joking I thought he was messing with me sure enough the passport expired the day before we went to Mexico so he, here I am in Mexico full-on tacos and uh, my passport was expired so I was so anxious really nothing happened she grabbed my passport and she scanned everything. She had us pull over and they inspected the car. They had us sit outside of the car for a while, brought the dogs out, you know, the whole shebang. Um, but they never really gave me much grief for the fact that it was expired. And yeah, it was just one of those things that really freaked me out in the moment. I was so scared that I was going to be stuck in Mexico. Of course, my brain, if you know me at all, my brain like often goes to the worst possible scenarios of what could happen. That was a, a very interesting day, to say the least. Linnea thought she was gonna be stuck in Mexico and Akilah wasn't gonna have a mom for a while. We're gonna move into questions. I wanna say thank you so much to everybody for um, all of the really positive feedback about starting this. I'm excited that you all are so excited about the podcast and um, 
yeah, I have some really fun ideas for people that I want to include and like hang out with and record. And the one that I'm most excited for right now is my mom. <laughs> I really want to do one with my mom because she has quite the spread of children doing interesting things. You know, all four of us are are doing interesting things and we've got one boy on a sailboat and Noah was, had the truck build and we're doing a trailer build. We've got Luke in a more traditional house and then me in a van so we've kind of covered the bases with alternative living and I think it'll be really cool for for parents and for children to hear what my mom has to say about about all that. Well with that I think we'll just get right into questions so I'm not just talking your ear off even though this is exactly that. This is really just me talking your ear off. So I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with this question about loneliness. I have answered this question before and this is a very common question. Honestly one of the top three questions that I get on a day-to-day basis. I think people look at my lifestyle and they look at what I do and how I live and the fact that I am alone or just have a Kila. People often ask are you lonely or do you get lonely and while I have been on the road I have not felt lonely at all I don't know I don't know what's behind that if I'm being honest and I wish that I could tell like those people out there feeling lonely and I know that there are people on the road that get really lonely I just am simply not one of them. I really like being isolated when I want to be isolated and I really like being around people when I want to be around people. For me it's a really big balance and I like to describe myself as an extroverted introvert. I definitely I definitely recharge when I'm alone which means that finding isolation and being in the middle of nowhere, not having people around me, I love that shit. Like, oh, like right now that sounds so amazing. I've been around people a lot these last few weeks. And so my, I, I'm like very much pulled to complete isolation in the middle of nowhere, just being dumped in nature. And that's how I recharge. On the flip side, I have friends all over the country. I really like to hang out with people. I like to party. I like to be in, in big environments. And that just takes up a very, very small part of my life because that doesn't recharge me. So, okay, going back into the loneliness. That's a little bit about my kind of personality. But I think one of the reasons why I don't get lonely is because I understand my own process of getting sick of people, needing alone time, and then wanting to see people. So really knowing yourself and what you need and then how to get those things, I think that's the biggest thing here. Also, I think maybe what plays a role in this is that there's often something for me to look forward to. For example, the build coming up. I'm going home in like two weeks and I could very easily head out into the mountains and not see a soul for those two weeks, knowing that soon I will be with my family. One of the things that I do talk about often is the difference that I feel between loneliness and solitude. 
for me, solitude is something that I really seek out and it's powerful for me. It's a time for me to really be in nature and to reflect and to slow down and to be in life. And because that solitude is so powerful for me and something that I really love, it's very hard in those times for loneliness to seep in because that's such an important part of my life that it, that solitude is something that is, it, it truly is <laughs> like one of the things that makes me me is all the time that I've spent in solitude. I do want to throw in there too that something that you guys don't see is how often I do talk with my friends and family and that is plenty interaction for me. <laughs> I think maybe if I didn't talk with my family for a few weeks, um, maybe I would feel lonely. A part of me also thinks that kind of sounds nice too, but I use an app called Marco Polo and almost anybody that I come across or am friends with, I try to get them on Marco Polo. It's just this like video chat app, but it's not in real time, I guess. Like you're not video chatting like FaceTime. You send a video chat and then when they have time to look at it, they look at it and then they send a video chat back. So you get to watch them speak as if you were on FaceTime, but you respond on your own time. <laughs> you watch it on your own time and it's a really wonderful way to stay in touch. And when I'm out of service, I can still video chat and then it just sends when I'm back in service. So it's a really cool way to stay in touch with the people that I love and it feels as though I'm interacting with them. And that's, that's just very helpful because I'm still sharing with them what I'm doing and sharing my life and where I am and how I'm feeling, things that are coming up for me. And I'm still out of service in the middle of nowhere. So there are some ways certainly to get around that, that, that loneliness. I wish that I had more in this realm to tell you guys or to advise, but it's just loneliness is really not a part of my life. I genuinely love being alone so much. I'm, I don't remember the last time that I've had too much alone time. This question actually ties a little bit into my excitement for having my mom on the podcast. So this question is, did your parents encourage you and your brothers to follow the desires of your soul? Wow, what a beautiful question. What, what struck me about that question is that that is the perfect way to describe exactly what my parents did growing up. So growing up, I grew up in Wisconsin and I have three older brothers. I was a, I was an accident. My mom likes to call it a, wait, what does mom like to call it? A miracle or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. I was an accident. So I'm much younger than my brothers. The thing that I remember so much about growing up, and I believe it was the same for the boys. I obviously wasn't present much in their lives as a really young sister. Anything that we wanted to do, my parents 100% supported. I never felt any expectations to have specific hobbies or do certain things in my life or to be successful in any certain way. And something that is so clear and that I want to take on as a parent as well was that they emphasized experiences. I cannot tell you how many things and how many experiences we had growing up as kids that were so random, like un totally unattached to each other. Like 
one time my mom I remember she just set up this like glass blowing thing for us and we all went as a family and learned how to blow glass I remember she would take me to go and do ceramics or you know my my dad and I would go and bring our horses up to our land in Wisconsin and just trail ride and and explore with the horses and try to build a little electric fence and learn about all this different stuff up there. On top of that, they pushed us to experience so many different outdoor activities. So we would go backpacking in the Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming as a family. We would go up to the Sylvania Wilderness or the Boundary Waters and portage in for a few days and we would go fishing and it was just my life was full of so many various experiences paired with not having an expectation for me to love anything or be good at anything and in that way we all had the complete freedom and support and love for whatever we wanted to do we were able to experience and develop in the ways that were really true to who we are. And I think that that is another huge reason why we are such a tight-knit family unit. I think the fact that my parents pushed us to experience so many different things and then fully supported whatever decisions we made from there based on our like foundational experiences, that has allowed us to, to grow into people who who are very confident and we know who we are and we walk through this world in a very um, like self-assured, confident, kind, caring way. I am so incredibly grateful for my parents and the ways that they raised us and the things that they did with us, how they supported us in whatever we wanted to try, whether they wanted to do it or not, whether they thought it was cool or not. <laughs> and quite honestly, talking about that is really hard because like, I don't, I don't get to tell my dad as a mature adult, how much I appreciate the, the things that he did with me and for me. So before I move on to the next question, I'll, I'll, I'll say something a little cliche and maybe that's just to, to tell your, your parents or the people you love um, that you love them and that you appreciate them and maybe take a little time to reflect on how the people in your life have, have touched you and then don't be, don't be afraid to tell them that because you never know when they will no longer be in your life. How long before living in a van did you know you wanted to live in a van? I knew that I wanted to live in a van very early college. So basically at 18. Um, I fell in love with Brianna Madia, Madia. And she, when I found her on social media, van life wasn't a thing. It wasn't like, like it is now. And she was living in a big orange bus Guys, I am so sorry if this background noise is bad. I'm hoping that this mic is kind of saving my butt right now. But um, she lived in a big orange bus with her partner Keith and her two dogs, Bucket and Dagwood. And that was years ago. I mean, that was 11, I think 11 years ago that I found her on social media. And the moment that I saw that, it at that time I did know that I wanted to travel. I was looking at 
any any option, any career option that would allow me to be outside and travel. When I saw her, I was like, ooh, that's what I want. I want to live in the middle of nowhere with my dog and my partner. That is perfect. <laughs> and she definitely planted the seed. She's been a huge inspiration for me over over ever since I started following her. And you know, she's been through a whole lot. She's a very large social media um, creator. She's an author now. I have been checking in with my mom every single day to see if her book has arrived at home yet because I'm going to be sitting down and not doing anything else once I get her her new book. It was such a beautiful, simple life that I was looking at and I had a lot of experience even at 18 being in nature and understanding, you know, the importance of solitude and how a simple life can be so beautiful and fulfilling. And even at 18, I mean, I didn't understand it like I do now, but I, I had, I had the seed planted, I think from my parents. From then on, that kind of started my journey of figuring out how I could actually make that happen. So I think some people forget that getting to this point can take people a very long time. I think we see the the out of the ordinary process of somebody just does it in a year or does it on a whim and hasn't prepared or had previous experiences and they're just all of a sudden living in a van. But there are also people like me who have tried many different ways to have a remote income and have been kind of figuring out a good system to get to the point where I can be in this van and live in this van forever if I wanted to. I've I've set it up in a way where I knew this was the lifestyle that I wanted to live and I made it happen. It wasn't smooth and here I am. So yeah, it's been, it's been, I knew about 11 years ago that I wanted to live in a van. <laughs> Which is funny to think about because I, I feel like I feel like I'm still that old. I, I feel like I'm still 19 or 20. I hope I always feel that way. How do I figure out what van best suits my nomadic needs? I'm trying to start van life. That's a great question. I think that anybody wanting to live this lifestyle really needs to try it before moving into your vehicle. And I don't necessarily mean that you need to have a built-out van to hop into and, and try. I mean, that would be awesome if you have that option. If you have a friend that has a van, be like, yo, can I take this for a weekend? There's a good chance they'll say no because I don't think I would let my friends do that. <laughs> Drive my house around. Anyway, um, but I guess what I'm saying is think of why you're doing it. And what you want to get out of it. So I knew that I wanted to do this to be in nature and experience the backcountry and not have people telling me what to do. I don't like being told what to do. So I avoid that at all costs. And then kind of take steps from there. I think a really cool thing would be to take your vehicle now, whatever it may be, throw a camping mattress in the back of it, grab a little cooler and head out for a week. And as you're living for that week, whether that's a road trip, whether you're driving to Mexico, whether you're just driving a few blocks down the road and trying to stealth camp, you know, whatever it may be, really think about the things that you need in those situations and make sure that your van mirrors that. There was a comment that I got on my, <laughs> on my YouTube video last week 
that and somebody had said just so you know a true van lifer would never drive more than 400 miles in a day or something like that and I legitimately laughed out loud because this lifestyle living in your vehicle it is all about freedom you get to do whatever the hell you want you make your own decisions nobody's here telling you what to do you don't have a landlord you don't have you don't have the same responsibilities and the same boundaries of homeowners like this lifestyle like you can do whatever you want and and that's kind of also why I tell people to find creators that really resonate with you and how you want to live the lifestyle you don't have to follow creators that are the most popular or that have the most beautiful van because there's a really good chance that they 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 might not be living the life that you do so rather than listening to the expectations of others or listening to um, people tell you what a real van lifer is versus a not real van lifer screw all of that shit do whatever you want and that's why in my van I didn't even look at tours when I built it because I, I don't care what other people's vans are. I don't care how other people are living this lifestyle because I'm doing it to live the most authentic life that I can. That's why I live in a tiny cabin and it doesn't look like a lot of builds. And that's why I don't have a toilet because I don't care. I literally have a freezer in the place where I could have a toilet, but that's not important to me. Whereas for a lot of people that's important to them because of how they're living, where they're camping, what they need, and a toilet makes sense for them. Okay, I'm going on a rant. What was the original question? Oh, what you need. Yeah. Okay, I think I already answered that a few times, actually. Just try. Go camping. Go car camping. Talk to your friends. And try not to listen to the expectations of the outside world. Because I think a lot of us are escaping societal expectations by living this lifestyle. So there don't there doesn't need to be expectations within this lifestyle as well all right moving on I don't know how to answer this question do I ever experience burnout if so how do you deal with it I absolutely experience burnout I go balls to the wall often with the things that I do I think that the way that I deal with it though is because I've learned so much from my past about burnout so even starting, I was in eighth grade and I told my dad, I'm going to get a scholarship to play basketball in college. And when I usually set my mind to something, that will happen. I always make it happen. And I always make it happen regardless of how burnt out I am, which I don't think is a, I, I'm not saying that that's a good quality. <laughs> I don't think that it is. <laughs> So, anyway, I remember back then, um, I worked so hard during, during high school to get a scholarship, and then I experienced burnout in college, because there was very little balance in my life at that time, and that was my first really, really big experience with burnout in the ways of it legitimately affecting my mental health in college, and when I was in college, we didn't have words for, like, anxiety and depression. Nobody was talking about mental health. Um, I didn't know that I was having a hard time. I, I like didn't even know what I was experiencing 
but looking back now, man, I had like crazy anxiety and my mental health was not good. Uh, I would say just the last like year of college. And, and from then I did experience burnout in almost every job that I had after that. So I did experience burnout while I was in the field. And then I experienced burnout with my own business because I just go really hard and I have very high expectations of myself. So that brings me to this present day where I've had these very intense experiences of burnout. And now I'm living in a much different place in life where I have truly allowed myself to slow down when I know that I need to. And that knowing that you need to, I think simply comes from experience and learning about how your body reacts and learning about what steps you need to take to um, not allow yourself to kind of go, go to extremes as far as like burnout goes. So right now, I am in a phase where I really like to work. Depending on what type of content you take in, what type of books you read, there is a hustle culture in America that I believe can be pretty unhealthy and pretty toxic. And I'm saying that as a person that easily gets sucked into hustle culture because I love to work and I love the grind. And so I've experienced that, I love that, and I also have experienced the downsides of that. And on the flip side, I have allowed myself to really slow down in periods of my life and kind of push away that American hustle culture. And I've seen the beauty there as well of just living and living slow and living intentionally and taking rest when I want to rest and working when I want to work. And so right now I'm in this place in life where I honor what I want. And that has been very new to me and I'm still figuring that out. But I haven't felt burnt out in this last year. Not one time have I felt burnt out because I think I've I've finally um, allowed myself to move through different phases. What I was trying to say about like right now I want to work is... Right now I have a lot of energy with the work that I do. Um, I really enjoy when I am in a heavy workflow, when I wake up at 5 a.m. and I get three hours of computer work in and then I take a kilo for a walk and then I come back and I film and then I you know, work on slow stuff in the afternoon while it's hot, I make dinner and then I'll end the night maybe answering comments or whatever it is. That's a lot of work to put in one day But right now, because that's what I want to do, that's what I do. Knowing full well that that does not have to be carried out for the rest of my life or for the rest of this year. And when I get to a place where those days don't feel good to me anymore, then I will change up that that morning routine. Maybe rather than waking up and getting computer work done right away, five to nine, I will wake up. I will drink my coffee outside and I'll read a book for a half an hour because that's what my body and brain needs. So not having that very, very rigid expectation for myself for work has been the biggest way that I've been able to combat burnout. And it has really worked for me. And it's been very mentally um, challenging for me to do that because routine is so big to me. And I think that 
in this Western culture, having a very strict routine, a very strict work week is something that we're taught that that must happen for productivity. And I just, after after the years of work and building my business and and figuring out this lifestyle that I just disagree with it. <laughs> and I think that there needs to be more fluidity and less rigidity. And that is my final thought on that. <laughs> After last week's podcast, there were a handful of these questions, and people were curious if I wanted kids. So so the way that I think about this, and the reason I want to share this is because I've had so many women, after sharing this on social media, reach out and say, thank you so much for explaining this. This is exactly how I feel. I just don't know how to articulate it. So this is, this is how it is for me. I've never been pulled really strongly in either either direction. I know that right now in my life, like in this moment, in this age, I do not want kids. I want complete freedom and I want to experience things without tiny humans running around me. But as far as my future goes, like I said, I've never been pulled really in any in any direction. I've never been like absolutely not I don't want kids, but I've also never been like yes, I I all I've ever wanted was to be a mother. Those feelings don't exist for me. But what does exist for me is the excitement of making that decision with my partner. So, you know, when the time comes that I am committed to a man, then that is a decision that we will make as a partnership. There are a few things that I always say when people ask me this and it's like, yeah, I'm open to having kids if it makes sense. I will never have kids because I'm bored. I will never have kids to fix a relationship. I will never have kids because um, society is putting pressure on me to. And there's another one. I have another stipulation, but um, yeah, basically it's going to depend on me and the man that I fall in love with. And if we decide to have kids, then we're going to have kids and it's going to be a really beautiful and probably very challenging journey. And if we don't, then that will also be a really beautiful and probably challenging journey as well. And that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. Well, everybody, I think this is getting a little lengthy, so I am going to say goodbye. I want to thank you for joining me and watching this YouTube video or listening to this podcast. I'm really hoping that this audio works out really well and that the audio is much clearer on the podcast platforms. Yeah, like I said last time, we're kind of figuring all of this out together <laughs> and, um, you know, en enhancing this as we go. I'm really excited to get some other people to hang out with in the morning. I'm sure that'll happen soon. Other than my mom, I have a, a, a few other really cool ideas. And even with that, though, we're going to keep this super casual and fun. And yeah, Akila is sleeping right now. And I think it's time to take her on a W-A-L-K. So I hope that you guys have a beautiful day. And we will see you next Wednesday. Mm -hmm.